Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, I'm back with just Mark. How's it going, Mark? Great as always, Gail. How are you? Cool. Okay, just uh, doing better than last Thursday, but maybe <laughs> maybe one day I'll tell some people. Anyway, today we're not going to talk about my personal life. We're going to talk about selling courses in 2018. And if you want all the show notes, isn't it? didn't I say 2018? I thought you said 19. <laughs> Okay, well, you can also use this podcast in 2019, I'm pretty sure. So all the show notes are going to be on atarihacker.com slash course in 2018 with a dash between each word, essentially. And I wanted to talk about this because I feel like, and maybe it's a little bit of our fault as well, because we teach people to do stage one authority sites, affiliate sites, right? But I feel a lot of people get stuck into that single business model and because Amazon has been so good, to be honest, Amazon has been doing really well for a lot of people. And when you're making some money, it's kind of scary to try something new. It's easier to just do more of what's been working. And, and we've been a little bit guilty of that, although we do make decent money from selling courses as well. And I wanted to talk about the opportunities because it feels like mostly because of the evolution of, of tech, like, you know, selling courses and building funnels, etc. used to be quite complicated even a year or two ago. Like, even though there was already tools, it wasn't that easy. But it feels like a lot of tools got a lot better and a lot of things are a lot cheaper as well. Like You can start with basically no money now and start selling courses. And, and if you couple that together with the fact that, well, affiliate marketing is really popular lately, so the competition is obviously increasing a little bit. And so as a result course is getting easier to build and on the other side affiliate marketing getting well a little bit more competitive it's still definitely manageable but it is getting a bit more competitive then the balance is changing a little bit to the point where people should maybe relook at selling courses and info products in general and would you say everything we're going to talk about today applies to ebooks as well and that kind of stuff or is it just courses yeah i mean Ebooks, I don't really hear that term used very much anymore. It seems to be yeah. kind of like five years ago, it was a bit more popular, the ClickBank days sort of thing. But now I think it just structurally, people, like a lot of people are structuring their courses with uh, video content and having lessons mm. and like a logical progression rather than 200 page ebook which can be a bit daunting to read, but we'll, we'll get into structuring a little bit in a little bit. Yeah, I think it's perceived value as well. I think like a course seems higher value than an ebook. Absolutely, so that's you, a really good point. So you could actually put ebook content into modules in a course, even if it's just text. I mean, you could do that. And we have done that on sites like Health and Mission, and it works, right? So yeah, I think courses and ebooks are definitely interchangeable in that case. In but because in general, yeah. Yeah, it's just like because the new platforms that we're going to talk about definitely focus on selling courses and not ebooks. Then most people do courses these days. And, and with the rise of places like Udemy and so on, it, people buy courses, they don't buy ebooks anymore, basically. But it's kind of the same stuff. Yeah. So why would I even bother with courses? Like I could just start an affiliate site. Why do you think I should bother? I mean, simply put, it's the best way to make a lot of money, like per per visitor, <laughs> per user, regardless of what niche you're in, possibly with the exception of being a private jet affiliate, then 
uh, courses just make more money. They're a much better way to connect with your audience personally on a personal level. So rather than recommending them a product which you use, which is, is a useful function. But if you build a genuine audience and people are following you, then having a course is another way for them to interact directly with you. Also, a lot of the reason why, depending on what niche you're in, but if you're in online marketing, why people follow you, Gail, I'm talking to you here, is because Uh you're an internet marketer and you've had success in this area and people also want that success. And, you know, let's be honest, recommending them a few tools that you use is not enough for someone to get success. It's- well, it depends on your level of, uh, of like how demanding you are with the tools you recommend, right? Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> but you know, if you're in the photography, you can't just give someone say, "Hey, this is a good camera. Go and buy it, and you'll be a great photographer." There's like a softer skill that needs to be of how you utilize the tools, and that's very hard. There's not really so much that you can provide for that as an aff- affiliate without sort of stepping up to creating your own course so but i think you're opening like a big uh, a big question here so here's the deal like a lot of people that build sites they don't have a following mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily experts in their niche and i know it's completely out of the notes right now like we have notes for this podcast i'm completely getting off as usual but like it seems hard to people it seems scary to people does that mean that this if you wanted to sell courses, niche selection would be different, and or do you need to be an expert for this to to actually be worse? Yeah, I mean, so niche selection would definitely be different. If I'm doing a niche about accounting software or something like that, reviewing accounting software, then it's kind of hard to make it. Oh, then again, I guess you could make a course how to use zero. I don't know. Maybe uh, if you're doing a niche about home improvement and like shower drains and toilets and we talk oh, about I can definitely make a course now <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely make a course on all of that now <laughs> what would be in it I mean how much is your shower drain I guess it depends on the volume of water that you want to take out so it depends on all your pipes etc so you need to talk about the shower drain you need to talk about the shower tap you need to talk about water pressure and you need to talk about several things I guess but obviously I would read more about it because yeah, we're just talking point. about this like that like, well, maybe yeah, maybe we've answered our own yeah. questions here, and uh, it doesn't really matter that much uh, what what niche you're in. There's, I think most of them there's an area to monetize with a course. When you teach people, when if you're doing like a typical affiliate product, and you're teaching people, and you're recommending products, like if you have a dog site and you you teach them how to choose a dog food and what the kind of things are, then I think it's quite natural that kind of you could evolve that into a course about how to keep up your dog or train your dog or something like that but why if you're not an expert like if you just built an affiliate site and then you just i mean like let's be honest some people they buy the content they don't even read it and they post it right? yeah well i uh, mean that's a problem i'm not saying it can't be overcome but so it's very easy to outsource like a re- affiliate review of some amazon product these days like most writers can do that they can look at what other people who have used that product on Amazon have said and look at other reviews and kind of round up all the information and, and present it in a useful value-added way. At least some the better writers can do that. But it does get a bit sort of commoditized, that approach. And I think that's why you see a lot of competition for in certain niches, at least for this kind of content. Where that gets more, it's easy if you just have like a thousand word article to write. But if you're asked to produce a course teaching people how to play golf or, you know, renovate their home or learn photography or something, you really need to know what you're talking about in order to 
to teach that course, at least to, to an extent. I mean, I think there's a barrier, but the barrier is probably lower than, than, than people imagine. I think what happens when you start putting together a course is you it forces you, and we're going through this right now as we're redoing task course content at the moment. It forces you to kind of, first of all, internalize all your knowledge in a way so that you can present it in a way which a relative beginner or someone that doesn't know what you're talking about can comprehend, can understand. So that barrier, it's higher than than it is for affiliate review type content, but it's probably lower than most people would imagine. Certainly, it's always a lot of work to, to put together a course, even a smaller one. And so I think this acts as a kind of like competition barrier. So if you're in a space where there's really is very, very competitive on the affiliate level, you may find that on the course level. So that may be an opportunity, I think. It's actually a huge opportunity. If a niche is very, very competitive for affiliate, it means there's people looking to promote products to make money, right? Yep. And if you have a course that can make money, then the people that will sell it for you already exist, which is like a massive opportunity. It's a great way to, to flip this around. And as I said, I feel like marketing is getting more popular these days. And so I believe personally that the people that own the offers are going to be the real winners in the end. And as you said, like the review content is getting more commoditized, et cetera. I believe it's still going to be around for a while. It's still a great way to start. No problem. You can replace your job with this kind of money, like with this kind of site, like really no problem. We've recently, again, built a site that mostly relies on that. And it's actually heading really quickly to five figures a month already. So things are like, it's definitely possible, but the lower barrier to entry means more competition. And so it's kind of something that, you know, where I see sites like very well fit, for example, you know, the guys that used to run about.com, et cetera, trying to do to get into that kind of stuff. And, you know, the wire cutter expanding a lot after it's been bought after by the New York Times and so on. It, it does feel like the lower barrier to entry content is not headed to a direction where it's going to get easier. And so still possible, but keyword research will need to be a little bit more refined and, and these kind of things. It's not just the keywords diffic- as well, because courses aren't really a, so keywords. I'm talking about I'm talking about affiliate content. Right, okay. Like keyword research will need to be uh, done better because there will be like narrow opportunities. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think when there's a competition squeeze on, on affiliate keywords, it's, it's all about like deep, deep quality. And that's going to separate start separating people. I mean, it already does. but uh, Exactly. But if you have to do that, then you're not so far from creating a course already. That was the point where I was getting to. Actually, I just took a little bit long to do that. Because it's going to get more competitive, like basically you'll need to create like really good content and probably the lazy way of creating content, not reading it, etc. It's not going to die, but it's going to get less successful in terms of percentage of success, etc. over time. And so you're going to have to kind of get into your niche anyway, eventually. I believe in the next four or five years, it's definitely going to be mandatory. And we'll look at what has been the currency of building small sites for the past three or four years as like a golden age, like people looked at the public blog networks as a golden age of link building. And because it's probably where the industry is headed, it's not a bad idea to anyway go in that direction and at the same time explore more monetization opportunities such as building courses, essentially. Sure. So is there any other reason why people should bother about courses? Because we were started on that, but I kind of cut you and took it in a completely different direction. Yeah. So, I mean, to get back to the high profit sort of theme, 
I actually did an interview with uh, Josh Dunlop from Expert Photography back in September, October. It's one of the podcasts we did before the last AH Pro launch. And he said that if he was starting from scratch again, he would just do that, like build a course and monetize it with Facebook ads. For him and his business and photography, that seems to be the highest sort of 80-20 kind of revenue gain or profit gain rather that you can achieve. And I think I've seen that in, in other sites in photography industry as well, but in most, in many niches where using, you can sort of scale inorganically with Facebook ads, if you know what you're doing and you have the right offer and it converts reasonably well and the price points, there are ifs to that. But some of these people, you know, they, they start making millions of dollars a month really, really quickly. And to achieve something similar with just affiliate content is you need to be the wire cutter or something to, to, to reach that. Yeah, it's like I know a lot of people making six figures a month, but seven figures a month with affiliate sites is fairly rare, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the top publications in the world, and there's only a few of them. There's also a sort of trend. I like, think top10reviews.com, right? Top10reviews.com, yeah, I heard. Potentially. Around potentially. I heard, like, from a friend of a friend. You look at most sort of big sites, though, which have a, I guess, following or like a, a loyal audience kind of thing. A really good example is Dr. Axe in the, the health and fitness, yeah, health and nutrition, rather. So I think initially they used to promote like a sort of a lot of affiliate products and, and that kind of stuff. Mind Body Green is sort of an, another one. They, I think they used to do like revenue, share their revenue numbers or ages in the go, years and years and years ago. But they've sort of like pivoted really towards their own, having their own products, their own course, own course library rather. And they, they sort of work with lots of other people to build a kind of health and fitness or health and nutrition kind of version of Udemy or something where there's like hundreds of courses on there now. It seems to me that the majority of their revenue comes from there. Advertising and that, I think. But one thing I want to say as well is um, when you take the time to really get into your niche, when you take the time to really work on making really high quality content on your site and trying to like stand out and everything, which I believe you will have to do eventually, as I said, the industry is evolving in that direction. What is disheartening is when you look around for affiliate offers and all of it is complete crap. And you've been working really hard on, on providing very high standard content to your audience and they're expecting that when you send them something. And then if you're looking at the affiliate offers that are around, you get a 10-year-old ClickBank page with a yellow button and looks super scammy and, and don't even know what's in the course. And honestly, it's probably not as good as your free content. It is disheartening to, to send your people that way. And it's the best way to lose a lot of trust as well. So I would say one of the other good reasons to build courses and overall just build your own products is that you can actually have quality control over that. So if you're really getting all in your niche, getting really passionate about it, et cetera, and your audience loves it, then they will find that same quality and the same stuff that they were liking in your free content, in your paid content, which it's great because then your audience keeps trusting you and then you can sell more things to them and make more money from a single audience member. So it makes you more money and also it's kind of like ethically better, you know? Sure. And I think also if you resell the business, there's like a big added value just for assets and for owning the audience. Yeah, I mean, income uh, income diversity is huge when it comes to resell. If, you're, if all of your eggs are in one basket and sort of Google traffic, I mean, even if you're building it super white hat, 
and it's it's you know it's going to be relatively stable having another solid source of income like a, a course making a lot of money through facebook ads to promote it something it's just going to make it a much more sort of rigid uh, like strong business that someone buying it would want to acquire and be more comfortable with paying a higher price for yeah i mean and one thing that's cool if you like affiliate marketing is that when you have these courses i mean like it opens avenues of marketing that do not exist when you're just trying to do an affiliate site. So things like joint ventures, things like paid traffic, like Facebook or Google or whatever, things like affiliates, people actually sending you traffic and then you only pay them when they make a sale. It's kind of a good deal, actually. It's also going to grow your audience a lot. So your email list, et cetera. So like when we do a launch on Atari Hacker and like affiliates email for webinars and so on, like tens of thousands of emails get added to the list. But the thing is, we do that. We do our normal launch. We we sell stuff, but then after that, nothing stops us from recommending affiliate offers to the people that joined the list at that time, and uh, we think are good and products we recommend and so on. And this I is think, another I, I way. I would to say do nothing affiliate. stops us except ourselves because we don't seem to do that very often. <laughs> nah, it's like the thing is like we actually need to do it. We need to build the automations mostly, and we need to find the right times to put them in front of people. But overall, for all, if you have your own course, you're going to be building a huge list by all these new channels that open up because you have your own product. And then nothing stops you to circle back to affiliate marketing to make some extra cash, passive income, etc. Right, it's a great way to monetize people who did not buy your course, especially. So I think the, the main idea came from, um, from Ryan Dice is in the machine, where he has that list of prospects that did not convert after like six months or something. And then these people, what he would do, he would take the affiliate offers that he recommends in the industry and just puts them through an autoresponder that sends a mix of content and affiliate offers. And the people that essentially did not help his business grow, he gets another chance at making money from that whole thing. I, and then I would, it's actually funded by the courses. I would you know? say that as valid as that is, I think a lot of people take that too far. And it's like, oh, well, you didn't buy my oh, course. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to spam the shit out I'm of gonna you, spam you. Offers <laughs> until you unsubscribe kind of thing. I wouldn't say that. Like that's why I said mix of content and affiliate offers and try to be quite specific. Yep. I think that's enough for like why bother with courses. And I really think that I think the one thing that we haven't addressed yet is you know we have the stage model like stage one, stage two, stage three. Stage one being mostly building an affiliate site. Then after that, scaling informational content, monetizing with advertising, and then growing an email list and following like followings and marketing to them. And that's when you would, for example, email affiliate offers. And stage three is usually creating your own products, own courses, etc. I would say this can definitely be challenged, especially as the status quo is changing slowly. I would say that. Or you can just jump into stage three much earlier these days, and some people do start. I, with th- that. I think if you're if you're um, starting a new site and you have a lot of experience, that's much more valid. I would say yeah. if it's your first first site or your first project, like to, to make money online, it's it's much more challenging to jump into. I would say follow the model if it's your first site. Yeah. And but like if we were starting over, I would have no problem starting with a product sure. right away, you know. So it really depends where you're at and how much you know about like ranking sites, etc. The point of the stage system was actually for people to grow their skills also as they do it. So like just building a site that ranks in Google and automatically on autopilot makes sales, etc. It's very easy to to manage and if people still have a job and so on, it's not a lot of time. When you sell a course, you're gonna have customer emails that like can't log in or have problems or they ask you questions, etc. And it's just overall a lot more time taking it's a lot more money as well but it's a lot more time taking so yeah it can be challenged but i agree with mark it depends on your skill level so i think 
I think we've talked enough about like why courses are great. And I think really it's something that I want to talk more on Atari Hacker and that people should do more. And that overall, like get more into your niche is definitely a theme that we're going to be talking more about in the coming month. But I think especially this year, this year, a lot of things are kind of aligning towards like owning a product being more interesting than it used to be. And we talked about affect marketing getting more competitive. We talked about all of that. And Overall, because there's more fit marketers, people can sell your stuff. Uh, but there's also a lot of cool new tech that I'd like to talk about because I know people like it when we talk about tools. And I've been reviewing our tech stacks for our courses recently. So I'm going to essentially show a lot of the stuff we found and basically bought most of the tools and just tested them. And the first thing is the learning environment. So delivering a course. If you are a member of Autoria Hacker Pro or the Autoria system, at this point of time, we're still running on the old learning system that we had, which was Thrive-based. Not my favorite, to be honest. And mostly a huge pain in the ass in terms of managing it on WordPress yourself. There's a lot of uh, learning management system tools that are essentially hosted for you that have been released recently. Things like Thinkific and Teachable are the ones that come to mind. And actually, I was checking the pricing and Thinkific, sorry, even has a free plan where they do everything for you. They'll take 10% transaction fee, but it's not worse than something like ClickBank, except you have a whole course backend that is built for you and it's very, very easy to build your whole backend. So like just the fact that putting a member area up used to be a huge headache and now you can register a free account on Thinkific yeah. is like really opening up the opportunities of creating courses. Literally, you could put together a couple of chapters and a couple of lessons for chapters on a free Thinkific account. And they handle the checkout for you. They handle everything. People can pay with PayPal. People can pay with credit card. It's all done for you. Yeah, and even you if you don't have a up. website, you can do this, you know, if you're a exactly. YouTuber or something. And they even have a sales page builder. It's not the best in the world. When you get more advanced, I would probably build my own sales pages. But if you're just getting started, it's kind of cool, actually. It's kind of like Udemy, except, well, they, they take 10% transaction fee, but everything else is just your own. And then when you upgrade, so when you get to the paid plans, let's imagine that this course eventually makes you several thousand dollars per month. When you upgrade to $99 per month, there's no more transaction fee. They take nothing of your transactions. And very quickly, that becomes much lower than 10% transaction fees. You know? Yeah, it's, so it's a really it smart is, pricing model because you know it doesn't cost you anything to start building on their platform then when when you're on it you're kind of like locked into it but i think it's a very very good value i think one of the key sort of sales points around thinkific and there's others as well teachable and stuff yeah. is the the kind of user experience from a customer's perspective is just so smooth so crisp it works perfectly on mobile it's responsive all the lessons are responsive they host the videos for you etc as well because you used to so for us we're like hosting our videos on on vimeo in this old system right now and it's like we have to juggle with dozens of services between like a different checkout the content protection system the learning system then zapier connecting all these things and then connecting to active campaign for sending emails also connecting to the support system like a lot of like moving pieces and the problem is all these tools interacting with each other is they all update all the time right and so it tends to break and it's a pain in the ass which is why i said this year it's like a lot less of a headache just use something like thinkific or teachable and they have free plans they'll take a small percentage of your transactions but like once you make decent money upgrade to the higher plans 
and then they'll take you a fixed amount of money every month, which like is $99. At $99, when you're making thousands of months, it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, like the, the back end of our course system oh at the God. moment, it's literally like if you if you imagine a server cabinet that people have just been like wiring <laughs> randomly for years, it's just like, it's like total chaos. And like it, it works. But and it, we are moving like, to it's like held yeah. together with tape. One little thing will knock everything out and it takes ages to figure figure out the, the problem. And unless you've built it, there's no way you know how it actually works. And it, it, you know, there's little things in terms of like user experience as well. I mean not little things, big things in terms of user experience, like the menu system and the like next lessons and like the logical progression through the course. All that's kind of not ideal at the moment, probably a, a nice way of putting it. But with Thinkific, and as I said, there's other similar solutions as well. I mean, these are really big companies. They have, they're venture funded. They are making millions. They have huge numbers, huge staff. We're constantly working to improve things and roll out new updates. And there are starting, one of the issues uh, maybe two or three years ago was that they were very much like uh, just a course platform. And they weren't. They didn't really have marketers in mind. So if you wanted to do, you know, a, a one-click upsell or you know, a multiple upsells and downsells and all this kind of stuff, they weren't really that customizable. But every month, every few months, they're rolling out new updates with this kind of stuff in it. So they're really starting to appeal to uh, to people like us now. I'm actually going to argue that the checkout is probably their weakest point, uh, the checkout and the sales funnel stuff. Um, it's all right. And if you're getting started on the free plan, you, you just want to test that thing, just use their checkout. It's good enough. But when you get into things like one click up sales and you know selling more than one product to people or selling upgrades and that kind of stuff, like it's okay, but I've seen better. I know Teachable has one click up sales, but once again, probably not my favorite experience and definitely not the best conversion rate optimized process. So once you grow a bit and I'm emphasizing once you're making money, I would say it's a good idea to look for an independent shopping cart. And most there's a lot of good ones as well that have been coming out that make the tech quite easy. It used to be like doing one click up sales like two, three years ago was like, well, you can either use ClickBank or you're going to have to custom code everything and it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Nowadays, there's a lot of shopping cart software as a service that essentially do the whole thing for you. And there's two that come to mind. One of them being ThriveCart. And the reason why it comes no, to mind is I don't Thrive think... Thrive Themes, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, it's completely... They have the same name for some reason. But the reason why it comes to mind is because they have a one-off lifetime offer and they've been updating the cart for like several years now. So it's kind of interesting. It costs $595. So it's not the cheapest one-off, but if you count that it's something that could make you, could increase your revenue by 20, 30% compared to a base teachable or think if it checkout, then it's probably worth the money after you'll be making some money. I think you just Google get Thrive Cart and, and you'll find the you'll find the, the lifetime of uh, that's i checked it before the podcast right now we're playing with pay kickstart uh, the reason why is because it's more advanced like you can customize things a lot more in terms of design now they have one click upsell with paypal and a few things like that like this is really for like if you really want to push it is a 99 dollar a month expense so if you're already paying 99 with thinkific or whatever or you could be keeping keeping the free teachable or thinkific account and just plug in uh 
a shopping cart. Although I think you need to pay a little bit to get the Zapier stuff. Yeah, you need to pay $49 for the Zapier stuff. So you need to pay a bit. And essentially, you're looking at 200 bucks a month for your platform at this point. But once again, if you're making money, it's not bad at all. It's definitely worth the money. So these are the two we're playing with. I mean, there's a few others. There's like Samcart. Can't really think about any others that would really come to mind just for selling. But like also ClickBank. But ClickBank, they take 10% of your transaction fees are not the best. I feel it's like, it's a good deal for people who just want to get started, but it's really not a good deal if you keep selling over time. And also taking payments. I mean, you're the one dealing with yeah, payment so, processes, so tell us about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I was listening to an interview with uh, the uh, co-founders of, of Stripe, a couple of brothers from Ireland. They're actually really young when they started the company. It's quite fascinating, their, their journey. But essentially, when they started, the whole taking payments online landscape was an absolute nightmare and a lot of developers and tech companies kind of shied away from it because you know there's a lot of like strong financial regulation that you have to navigate and there's a lot of sort of legal bits and pieces involved in that so you know i can remember maybe five years ago six years ago we signed up for uh rbs royal bank of scotland world pay which was back then quite a common like payment processor uh, way of accepting credit cards online and it like the f- you know we had to like download forms and like send it off in snail mail and like all like send our IDs and like all sorts of like utility bills and stuff like this and like I can't, we may have even had to like create a business plan or why we needed it and all this kind of like stupid stuff that like it was just a huge huge barrier to entry really and you know the paypal was around back then and paypal is good we still use it it is a little bit archaic it's not really designed for you know mass selling products really it's more for you know sending money around here and there they have built like a lot of features and we use it particularly in online marketing because just a lot of people have money in their paypal accounts because it's you know we're paying writers or making affiliate commissions and stuff in, in paypal so it's it makes a lot of sense for us to do it and in our niche so but yeah i mean it's something we take for granted now payment process like stripe and what's the other one braintree uh, there's, a, there's a few similar yeah. ones that are sort of made they're just so easy to set up so seamless they've thought of everything it's easy uh, you know there's like one click api integration with uh thinkific and and most sort of course platforms have very it make it very easy to put your own payment processor in there if you want or you can use theirs so yeah, it's just something we take for granted now, but it's worth worth sort of mentioning just to remember how how it used to be back in the day. Still on thing. Yeah, I mean, and now these course platforms also just do it for you if you want, right? They just take the payment in their name and just send you yep. the money, right? So it, you can make it even simpler when you get started. When you grow, it's not recommended. These people definitely take their share of the pie, which are it's not nice. It's better to just pay them monthly for like a hundred bucks or something. But at the beginning, it's kind of nice as well. And another thing that has evolved, that has gotten a lot better, is the sales tools. So before the sales tools used to be quite gimmicky, you just throw like some kind of like evergreen timer on your page to fake scarcity or something like that. Now we have much better real scarcity tools that allow you to offer limited time discounts and so on. And they actually, the discounts actually end at the end. Like you, you see, if you've been through the authority side system funnel, uh, the webinar platforms are also a lot better. If a couple of years ago, they used to rely on YouTube and it was terrible. There was like five minutes delay. You could not interact with your audience. It would bug. People would get either 144, 144p 
quality video, it would be super blurry, super terrible, etc. Now most of them, Webinar Jam, Demayo, but also, you know, go to webinar, all these guys. Now they all have their own servers and they broadcast in real time and you know 1080p video so that's all 720p or 1080p i'm not sure exactly to thousands of people so like just just selling your stuff is much easier and overall landing page builders have gotten better as well compared to like three four years ago so you can build sales pages you can use scarcity you can do sales webinar all these things are much much easier and much better in terms of user experience to the point where your convert the conversion rates I believe in the industry overall have increased a lot for small businesses using these kind of tools just because they used to be terrible. And now they're, you know, they're not always the best, they're not bug-free, but they're mostly acceptable and you can definitely make seven, eight figures with using these tools. So that's quite Yeah, powerful. I remember now, back in 2009, I created when I created my first info product, which was a frequent flyer sort of guide for how to get points and you know get free first-class flights, that kind of stuff. So I had a WordPress site, which at the time was an innovation because previous sites had built in like HTML. <laughs> but I had this WordPress site. I needed to build a sales page. And there was just nothing out there. The, the best solution <laughs> I got was there was a guy on, I think it was Warrior Forum or somewhere, who sold for like five bucks or something like a, a pack, which had a bunch of like sales page images, like this downward arrow pointing to a new box and you could put some text in it like just like little elements here and there but you had to sort of like manually upload them all and like put it all in sort of html and still didn't look look quite right but that was kind of how you had to build a sales page back then nowadays with with landing page builders like you said even the ones on thinkific but also you know thrive elementor that kind of stuff it does make it a lot easier you're just starting out. And, and like, yeah, as much as as much as people complain about them, they forget how building websites was yeah. before. And same for the webinar systems. It's so much better. People don't need to download applications to actually join your webinar. It's also a lot cheaper. Yeah, that's true. Um, it used to be really expensive to run uh, to run a webinar, like thousands. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing much. used to be very expensive. Like checkouts used to be very expensive. Now you can get really good checkout tools for 99 bucks a month. Webinar tools used to be 500 bucks a month. Now you can get really good webinar tools for less than 100 bucks a month. For like 20, 39, $39 per month, you can have a really good webinar tool now. Landing page builders, I mean, like you used to pay like thousands of dollars for a sales page. Now you can build your own sales page with the free Elementor, for example. And they're going to look better than most of what you used to get designed a couple of years ago. So really... The barrier to entry to creating courses and funnels is like really dropping. It's dropped a lot for creating websites, but now the funnels are kind of coming in, but most people still haven't realized. So as the barrier has dropped for the type of the affiliate sites, etc., uh, it's dropped now, you know, I would say since the page builders came out, like the drag and drop page builders. So now it's been like three, four, five years. So the market is adapting and because the barrier is lower, the competition is higher. But for funnels, it hasn't happened yet, and there's a big opportunity, basically. And another thing that we want to talk about is uh, most courses are, are quite crappy, and the market is not professional. There's no standards, usually. And usually, your first course is quite crappy as well. What would you say helps people create a better so, course? So, I mean... Uh... Like it's just something like you're going to have to sort of get your head around as you practice and iterate, like don't expect to make like an amazing multi-million dollar course. If it's your first time, you've never done one before. A lot of people are, I mean, the most common question we get around creating courses is how long should it be? 
And that's from the people who are creating the courses. But very, very few customers have that share that same concern. I think there's a sort of fear that you end up producing a, a course which is too short and people won't won't like it, won't feel there's enough value in there. But with courses more than kind of any other kind of content, the the result is where the value is. If you can get people to the that same place with less content, that's often more valuable than dumping, you know, 15 modules of 200 videos and all that kind of stuff. So structuring is really key here. Instead of, as I said, like focus on getting the, the, the desired result, like TAS, the authority side system, our sort of beginner's course, it actually has less information. And we specifically take stuff out just because it will overcomplicate things and give people sort of shiny object syndrome. We have a, a singular goal, and that's to get people to make a few job replacing yeah, money, job yeah. replacing money, a few thousand a month from stage one authority side. Our number one complaint when we uh, we do refunds is that people don't have enough time, and nobody. I don't think anyone's ever complained that there wasn't enough content in that course. Some people said it's too basic if they're if they're more advanced and maybe they prefer our other course, Authority Hacker Pro. But I don't think anyone has ever complained that there's not enough in it, and it's very rare that that will actually happen. So remember, it's not about the actual content so the list of what topics you cover that's not important at all it's about the experience and actually getting people the results so if you're just throwing in stuff there to like pad it out like you're, you're actually doing yourself a disservice you want to make it as as lean as possible so that people who maybe don't have so much time can still go through it so that's one thing and the other thing is people often think that the course content, so whether it's videos or text or whatever, is they slug away producing that for weeks or months. They get to the end of it and like, all right, done, let's publish this. But there's really like a whole lot more work to it than that. And you should also always think about kind of expanding the offering beyond just content. Like one of the most popular, sorry if this sounds like a sales pitch for our courses, by the way, but just using it as an example. One of the things that people say about our, our products, Authority Hacker Pro especially, is that like the most value they've gotten out of it is from the Facebook group. So the community which we've created for, for members. Means we're quite bad at teaching well, people. Yeah. I mean, it just just <laughs> you can interpret it whichever way you want. Yeah. So, but either way, I mean, like actually, <laughs> actually making that good and creating like other sources of value where people can interact with you, people can interact with each other, anything which helps people get the result beyond like the lessons in the module is huge, huge value add. So there's that. There's also like the general onboarding experience. Like what does that look like when someone first signs up? Is it easy to find what they're doing? Are they even simple things like, is it easy to log in? I mean, for us, is the, the checkout simple enough? Do they have to remember a password? That kind of stuff. You want to make that as simple as possible and also like support mechanism. So we've just recently put up like a, a sort of support dashboard, like FAQ type thing. So, and we've started playing around with some automations in our chat software where if someone's asking about a specific, mentions a specific thing, you know, an automated kind of response with a link to the support article and that will will come up. So all of these things just help to kind of ease people in and feel confident about their purchase and ultimately to help them get the, the goal you, you sold them on. So yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit wider sort of thinking that people have to do rather than just the typical how long should this be? Hammering yeah. and fade content? Yeah. 
I think there needs to be a talk about the death of this. And that's why we say beginners should probably still follow the, the stage setting because it's definitely not an easing. But really, the question is, do you want to make a lot of money or not? And if you want to make more money than the typical affiliate, usually creating the products and owning the offer and you know having affiliates work for you. I, I will say it's also that, more though, interesting if you're not like really motivated by the topic and the, yeah. the the course itself and the problem it's solving. It's quite difficult to actually produce it. You can sort of get away with that in like stage one sites if you're hiring good writers that, that know the topic, for example. But if we were to like health emissions, a good example for us. I mean, it's an interesting niche, but, you know, it's not our number one passion in life. And so we struggled a lot more with that site to produce really good courses than we have with Authority Hacker, for example, which I think has obviously been much, much more successful. So just sort of bear that in mind. Like it's a lot more difficult to kind of like fake it till you make it kind of thing, which which you can actually get away, at least at the moment with, with affiliate. I think if you make money, you can partner with experts, though. I think that's what I would do. Like, I would find someone who's already popular on, like, YouTube, Instagram, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, know? that's, that's like, and, that and was, like, one of our long-term plans with Authority. I haven't done it yet, but, like, you can definitely do that. There's a lot of people, especially in health, who are just super passionate about, about it, and they're in the gym every day, or they're, they're all about their smoothies or their juicing or whatever. And, you know, that's cool, but they have no business sense. They don't know how to make a course. They don't know how to make a website, that kind of thing. They don't yeah. know how to sell. I mean, well. that, that yeah. is, that's actually the key thing. They don't know how to sell because, you know, these days anyone can throw up a WordPress website and call themselves a blogger. But it took us years, like seven years or something to really figure out how to sell stuff properly. When, back when we had our agency, it was like the number one thing we sucked at and we, we yeah. avoided doing as much as possible, but. It's kind of like you got to find your voice with that. Something you you have to sounds a bit woo woo, but you have to sort of be a bit authentic in your sales message. And if you read a lot of, uh, or if you read a lot of sales books, even or look at a lot of sales pages online, they're very sort of cookie cutter. Like you know, any of these ClickBank VSLs, a good example. They all follow the same template, and they're not very authentic. You don't really like connect with the person selling it to you and you know we're still working on this but i feel like we've gotten a lot better at that yeah i mean i personally get inspirations i think we're getting a bit off topic but i like to get inspirations from like tech keynotes and stuff like that or like ted talks etc like these are the people that i like to look at to like learn how to sell actually that works pretty well but anyway yeah all of these to say that it is a more complex Thing, but it's first of all, it's more interesting and more fulfilling, I believe, than just doing affiliate. It is more difficult, but with great responsibility comes great money. So it's worth it if that's what you're looking for. And if you're ready to really get 100% into your niche, which it's like, I actually like for some of the sites that I, we want to build in the next few years, I really want to get into these niches and actually maybe produce courses myself. I really want fun, to actually. watch your renovating uh, an apartment course. I can literally make like a, a guide on renovating apartments in Budapest. <laughs> I don't know how many people will buy it, but I can make one now. Anyway, I wanted to close this podcast with just a quick checklist on if you wanted to get into courses and you already have a site that gets some traffic, what do you do? So here's the steps I would follow. First, I would work out collecting emails on the site. You will need people's emails to sell them stuff. So you need to work on a lead magnet, so offering a freebie, 
you know, usually what I like to do in these freebies is making kind of like a list post, but like I build it in PowerPoint and I just make like one slide per point and make it very simple, very easy to consume, but very appealing, like seven backlink tactics you didn't know about. If I put that on Ontario Hacker, I know a lot of people will download it, for example. So try to find that for your site and then use things like opt-in pop-ups. We still use Thrivelist for that. Use things like, like usually we put them on page load and we offer that and then people opt in and then they join our list. With GDPR, just make sure that you tell people they will join your newsletter as well because you need to do that now. But that's the first step. The second thing is like, once you have like three, 400 people on your list, send an email, a broadcast email saying, hey, I am running this site about, I'll take juicing as an example because we talked about it a long time ago. I run this site about juicing and I was wondering what are the five things you struggle the most with getting results out of your juicing diet? And I would just let people reply and just take notes of what they need help with, essentially. And then based on everything people sent me, and you'd be surprised at how many people reply. Like, you're like, ah, oh, nobody cares. But actually, you get dozens of replies, even with like a couple hundred emails. And based on that, you just list all of the stuff that people are looking for, and you build a very small course. And I'm talking like... 10 lessons and that, there can be videos or it can be just text or whatever you want just 10 12 something that you can put together in like 7 to 10 days something pretty quick then prepare on google drive don't even worry about tech at this point just prepare the content so that it will be done then when it's ready register a free thinkific account put it up there and then just just set it up it's pretty easy they have tutorials so i'm not gonna go through that then i would probably just use the free Elementor to build a basic sales page on my site. I don't really like the sales pages on Thinkific. You could use that if you wanted to simplify it even more. I would personally build it on Elementor and just linking to a shopping cart on Thinkific. They, you can get the link from there. And then I would also work on five to 10 promo emails for my list for launching the course essentially. And then when I'm ready with my emails, I would just queue them up, offer the course for a limited time discount. So let's say you wanted to sell it for $39, sell it for $29 for like 10 days, send one email per day and say, you know, at the end, use scarcity, be like, hey, the price is going up, etc. And when you're done, just use these 10 promo emails as an autoresponder for new subscribers and just put the price up to $39. I would just start with that. And then, well, we'll probably produce more content talking about the rest. But if you already do all of that, then you already have the start of a course and you'll say, well, it's a cheap course, etc. Well, the point is you can keep adding content to it and then increase the price. And then every time you increase the price, you can re-email your list and be like, hey, the price is increasing. I'm increasing the price in 72 hours. So buy it now before the price goes up. And then you can get bursts of sales every time. So that's how I would get started. You can get started pretty quickly. There's basically zero cost in tech by doing this because Thinkific is doing the checkout for you. Elementor is also free. If you have a WordPress site, it's free to get started. Yes, Thinkific will take 10% of transactions, but if it's just an experiment, then it's not that bad. So... Yeah, that's how. Do you think that you change anything? Uh, no, to that, just or? another option you can do is you can actually pre-sell your course before you build it. So you can say like, "I'm launching this course in two months' time." You know, sign up or check out now to get this the early bird price or something. Give them a PayPal link or something, and then if people buy it, then you can build it. I, I saw one. I forget who who did this. I think it was Founder Magazine. Uh, they were launching a bunch of courses, and they basically made sixteen of these on 16 of these courses one page uh, you could check out for any of them and based on how many people 
bought one, they would decide whether it would actually go through and produce it or not. And like the top 10 or something, they, they actually produced it. But the bottom six, I think it was, they just canned them and they refunded them. So you can play around with stuff like that. It's a little bit more of an advanced technique perhaps, but... Yeah, I would keep it simple at the beginning. Like if you're already talking to people who have opt-in to your list, it's like you can get already a bit of an idea. And then for the next course, I would do that personally, just because it's like pre-making several sales pages is just yeah. too much for you. Yeah, the important thing as well is to remember, you're not going to make a million off of your first course, despite what you know some people may sort of convince you of. It's a learning process and just really get started. And once you have your first one up, you'll learn a lot of lessons and the, the next version of it will be a lot better. Yeah, so we're going to wrap it up for this podcast. I actually thought it would be a lot Come shorter. Come on, when are we ever do a podcast um, under 50 minutes? <laughs> oh, actually, last week, <laughs> 39 minutes. Anyway, all the show notes will be found on atariahacker.com slash course in 2018 with a dash between each word. So course dash in dash 2018. And we'll see you again next week for another podcast episode. Thanks for joining in. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.